You may know the importance of endorsements when it comes to, oh, I don't know, a celebrity endorsing a product. <laughs> I mean, I know you want to go buy that perfume when your celebrity heartthrob debuts on their commercials. Or what about on LinkedIn when someone endorses your skills? Hey, speaking of that, hop on over to my LinkedIn profile. I'd love for you to endorse mine too. <laughs> An endorsement at its core is someone providing you public approval of you, your product, your business, your book. <gasps> yes, that's right. Endorsements are a meaningful part of your book's marketing efforts. And today's episode dives into that. Be prepared to learn all the W's on endorsements, what it is, when to ask, who to ask, and some unique ideas to get more. Every Wednesday, Jennifer Crosswhite and I hop on a LinkedIn Live together, and we talk about questions that authors ask us. I come to the table with a marketer's perspective, and Jen is a book coach and editor. She brings a whole different perspective and twist to the topic too. Endorsements were a recent topic of conversation, and I'm excited to invite you into our discussion. And you are also invited into our weekly LinkedIn live chats. They happen on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, where we talk about questions we are asked from authors and meaningful parts of the book process that authors may not know that they need to know. So if you have a question, just holler. We will be sure to answer it. All right. What can happen when a book coach and a book marketer come together for a virtual chat with a cup of caffeine? anything. In this season, I wanted to share with you some of my favorite topics we've discussed. And today it happens to be all about endorsements. So grab a cup of caffeine, my favorite chai tea, and join us for this meaningful chat. Let's roll. Hey, I'm Stephanie Fager and Empower is my middle name. Okay, well, not really, but it should be. I believe that empowered people empower people, and I'm obsessed with empowering you, a nonfiction author, with impactful marketing strategies and tactics to help you take your important message and share it with those who need it, want it, and will buy it. As the owner and chief strategist of the Empower PR group and the author of two books myself, I have merged my love for reading books and writing books and marketing books to help nonfiction authors with laser focused strategies and tactics to write books that sell, promote those books to those who need and want them most and build meaningful businesses from empowering messages. I want you to think of this as your one-stop shop for marketing insights from an author who has been there, who has done that and understands exactly where you are. So go get your pens ready because I'm ready to empower you. This is the Empowered Author Podcast. It is. So what are we talking about today? Endorsements. What are they? What, how do you get them? Do they really work? all that kind of fun thing. This is something that actually authors end up with a lot of angst over endorsements. So this is actually falls. I, I tell authors, you know, start on this as soon as you can. So sometimes in the, in the process with me in the editing process or the coaching process, we're at the beginning, we will talk about who might endorse your book. But I would say that this probably is something that falls pretty heavily in your camp because it's part of the marketing process. So what yes. tips? Uh, well, let's first talk about what is an endorsement. Let's talk about that yeah. uh, because sometimes people don't know. But uh, an endorsement is uh, sometimes if you look at the front of a book. Uh, do I have I'm one on showing on here? 
we brought up this book last time, um, Thinking Fast and Slow. At the very bottom on here, you can barely, you can't read it on the camera, but it says a masterpiece. This is one of the greatest and most engaging collections of insights into the human mind I have ever read. And it's by William Easterly of the Financial Times. So it's a, it's a little wonderful little bit of praise, usually by somebody with a name well known enough that your target audience would recognize it. So the fact that I'm, I don't know who this person is, but he's from the Financial Times. Yeah. Uh, so that that is someone that would make uh, some credibility to this. Now, that's different yeah. from if I open the cover, you see a lot of uh, little praise blurbs in here, which is people who read the book um, and said really nice things about it or how it was helpful. And um, these are actually, of course, this is a you know, a big name author. So he's got some big name people in here, Boston Globe, New York Times, stuff like that. But for many authors, you will see reader comments like from reviews and stuff like that. Sometimes you'll see those in there. But those are more, these are called like more like praise blurbs, a little bit different than the endorsement, which is uh, usually on the cover. Well, and it's a good point. Actually, I'm pulling, I'm going to use two examples on my end because I think what where you could start is by capturing what goes in in that praise section. And then sometimes you can pull from that a beautiful endorsement for your cover. Yes. So um, this is a book I just helped mm. with at the promise mm. of psychedelics. It's all about um, science based, science based hope for better mental health and for their kind of puff quote or their testimonial mm. or their, I'm sorry, their endorsement was again, like you mentioned from somebody who's trusted in the space that other people yeah. go, Oh yeah, well, if that person is down for it, then mm -hmm. I should be down for it. Not right. every book has that on the front or on the back, but right. some do. In my book, I'm going to acknowledge I've got some in my, I don't have endorsements on the front or back, but I do have them in the praise section and it includes people like, and I'm bringing mine up, Jen, because you're going to laugh. You ready? It's important when you're thinking about endorsements and these types of um, testimonials that are built in your book, you're thinking about your target audience, where you might need somebody to give credibility if you're trying to break mm -hmm. in. Right. So I have stuff from other authors or others who are in um, who's who write books about similar topics. I also have uh, my my own book has a lot of Christian elements to it. So I have I have somebody who is a senior leader at a Baptist church, and I also have my own priest, and that was mm -hmm. intentional because mm -hmm. I wanted people to know that my message has broader reach than just. A Catholic message, yes. and I'm Catholic, so that was important. Uh, I have local media in here, a uh, yes. couple, couple of a t big TV personality in the area, a publisher of a magazine in the uh, statewide magazine. But the one that I'm, you're going to laugh. Oh, oh, I have my principal that I mm. went to. The reason that I put that was also intentional because okay. there's a chapter in my book that I talk about a sexual harassment situation I had that mm -hmm. happened while I was in mm -hmm. high school. And I wanted to always go back and speak at my high school about it. And guess what happened, Jen? I did that. Yes. I did it. I love I it. But here's the one that's funny. This is the funny one. I tell people it's funny and there's a reason. If you didn't know the reason, whatever. My OBGYN is in here. <laughs> and I laugh about it, but it was so meaningful, important to me because yeah. the first chapter of my book is about a miscarriage that I had. Mm. And I wanted her 
in there, number one, because she was a big part of my journey, Mm -hmm. but I also wanted her praise because Mm -hmm. there's potential that the message I shared could be something that could open doors to speak to, um, you know, conferences that within her within her group, within her wheelhouse. So yeah, definitely be thinking of your target audience when you're asking. Um, Now, I don't know about you, Jen, but but some people, this gives angst because they don't know who to ask or they're nervous to ask, or they have like, they want to ask big people and then they get nervous about that too. And I always say, shoot for the stars. There was a lady that I did ask and she is Regina Brett. One of my, and actually I'll have to tag her here um, because I fell in love with this author. She, um, she was, I believe a New York, hold on, hold on, Jen. I'm going to get it. Can I have her books up here? (laughs) She was a columnist. I feel like it was for, at one point for New York times or something at that level. Anyways, she, when I read her book, I got inspired. That is what gave me the inspiration on how I write my chapters. Mm-hmm. I I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, my hang up was how do I how do I keep the journey going? But her yeah. book did that for me and it changed my life in re- the content, but also the writing life. I did yeah. reach out to her to write an endorsement, mm-hmm. and it was a stretch. She didn't do it, but she did circle back. And she responded and her life was busy. She wasn't able to right. time frame. But can I just tell you, I was on cloud nine. Mm. Hearing from her. Love it. That's and so great. I still, I still follow her. So I have every yeah. intention of going back for the next book. <laughs> well, and, and you bring up a really good point is that um, a lot of times, yes, a bigger name person might be really busy. And so um, it doesn't hurt to ask for them, but just know that it's not necessarily personal. When I worked in traditional publishing, I had to make a a hard, kind of a hard and fast rule that I didn't do endorsements and I didn't do reviews because it was either going to be from someone within our own publishing house, then it might look like favoritism. And if it was against a competitor, then, you know, it just got to be a really sticky situation. And so sometimes you will ask people who are in kind of those sticky situations, or they just really are busy. I mean, it is a lot. It can be a lot to ask somebody to read your book. Sometimes people just based on who you are and their relationship with you will blurb it without having to have read the whole book, right? They might just read part of it or something like that. I mean, there's, that's certainly fine people that know you, but I think what you're bringing up is the relationship. Um, It's never too early to start building those relationships and thinking about the people in your relational world, fellow authors, other people in the industry, whatever it might be, um, those relationships are going to make it much more likely that you will get a yes from someone who really wants to see you um, support. But because it can take a long time, you definitely want to give them as much time as possible. So it's okay to give them an early copy that hasn't been fully edited yet. Certainly you've gone through the main developmental edit, which is a structural edit, but it might not have gone for through copy edit or a proofread yet. And just let them know this is obviously not completely edited yet, but this should give you the main, nothing substantive is going to change. Uh, We're talking about, you know, punctuation and typos and those kinds of things. But the, the main thrust of the message is there and they can read through that and give their thoughts on it. And uh, that can be that can be super, super helpful for, you know, just getting that little extra oomph right in your book and getting yeah. it out there. 
Yeah, there's um, two things. So I, yes, exactly. Give them the, as much time as you can give them, the better, because they everybody has good intentions. They want to help you, but life gets right. in the way. But there are two things that uh, I was going to share um, that stem from what you just, just described. The first one is that there are going to be people who, because of your relationship, want to support you in this way. Uh, yes. But maybe maybe they're not able to read the whole book. They but they can stand by your character and your message, uh, and maybe their life is busy. So I actually found, for me with my first book, I pulled together what are some quote what are some examples of what I would want someone to do, and I would put it in my message at the bottom, saying, "Listen, this is my request. Would you be down for it?" I didn't send this to everybody, but then for some people, I would say, "I know you're busy, and if." you have the ability to take a peek or not, but you want to still support in this way. I just want to a show you some examples of what could, what would be really strong for me and you're welcome to steal it. And you know, I had about two or three who did and they stole And I say stole, it was more, they were like, I just don't know what to write. You're the writer. I'm not. And I can stand by this. So what can you do to make it easy for them? Yes, that is such a great point. If you can give them some samples, if you can give them some wording that they just have to tweak and make their own, that's so much easier than asking them to come up with the words themselves. So it's not something most people, they don't do that all the time. So giving them that extra, make it easy on them. I think that's a great, great option to give them. Yeah, especially my OBGYN. She's never been asked that. Right. (laughs) Yes. What an odd request, but I love you. Uh, the second thing I want to share is uh, a tip of advice that I received when I worked in the nonprofit sector. I used to have to go, and I may have shared this already, Jen. So if so, um, consider it double shared. And in what education, <laughs> share it twice. It means you right. should write it down and it's going to be on the test. So, <laughs> so maybe this is going to be on the test. But in uh, in nonprofit, I, they, I did marketing and PR and communications in nonprofit, but we were still required to help fundraise. And I will never remember, never forget a day that myself and a group of volunteers walked the streets of Louisville going business to business, asking if individuals wanted to either make a donation or be a sponsor or whatever. And it was so incredibly uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. I hate sales. I yes. hate asking for money. I hate asking for anything. I can do it all myself. I don't need that, but I had to do it. And we would take turns um, on who was going to make the, to, to take lead. And one of the volunteers looked at me cause she could kind of see me sweating, like breaking out mm-hmm. in life. Like, I don't want to ask them. It's like, I'm going to get right. something or like, they're going to like, you know, I don't know, hate me for the rest of my life. If I ask them, she's like, Stephanie, we need to change your perspective. She said, if you don't ask, you are making a decision for them. If you don't ask, you're making the decision that the answer is no. But what if we yes. walk in and I happen to work for um, a nonprofit that supported the fight against cancer. So she said, what if we walk in and somebody is is themselves dealing with a cancer diagnosis, have a family member that was recently diagnosed or passed, and they just hadn't figured out what to do with that. And what if you are now giving them a, a conduit, um, an avenue to, to do something and they've always wanted to do it, but couldn't, but you right. didn't ask them. You've made the decision. Don't do it. I believe that to my core and I now bring it to everything Mm. that we do in our space. If you don't make the ask and if you don't follow up, you are, because listen, people who are doing endorsements are busy. Follow up, it's okay. 
but you were yeah. deciding already. Well, they're too busy. They wouldn't be interested. Why right. me? Like you're going through those questions. Don't do it. The worst they could yes. say is no. And yes, then you move on. Exactly. I think that's a great, two great points there. You know, give them the opportunity and follow up because uh, a lot of times people do get busy and forget, you know, obviously if you've, if you've emailed them three times, yeah. you know, that might be a sign that, you know, they just can't get to it and that's fine. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, don't be a pest, <laughs> but don't also don't be afraid to follow up because sometimes things get lost in email and, and people have good intention and they just forget. So, yeah, I think that's a good, good point. The book this week is the same, uh, same. We talked about the cover of this last week, right? And then I brought up today and talked about the blur. But one of the things that I thought is really interesting about this book, and I don't have an exact quote like I normally do. The concept of thinking fast and slow is thinking fast is those snap judgments that you make. Like when you uh, see a spider, <laughs> you will immediately feel fear <laughs> if you are anybody in my household. Or this morning, I found a trail of ants going to the cat food. Uh, I definitely had an immediate reaction to that. Jen, hold um, on. Time out because I need to add you this. There's somebody that posted something on Facebook last week of a spider. And yeah. it was a big creepy crawly anyway, but it looked oh. like it had hair on it. He yes. said, look closer. It has babies all over. Oh it. no. See, that's and, horrible. Ah, it was, he did yeah. not. Um, I don't want to see that in my feed. No, I'm going to tag you just, just because. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking yes. slow is like, you know, math, right? If you have to do math or if you have to like figure out how to get from point A to point B, right? You're, you're reasoning things out. But the thing that I think is important about the thinking fast part is that's how people judge book covers, right? Mm -hmm. They have an immediate reaction to a book cover. Colors, images, font, all of that mm -hmm. goes together as part of the gut instinct of how your reader is going to automatically put your book into a certain category or decide if they want to read it or not before they even go any farther. So while this is a, a really thick book, um, I'm excited to get into it because um, I think those are some things that we don't often think about how many of those kind of snap judgments we make. And it's super important when we're talking about book covers. It's the first way people uh, interact with your book. So to circle. Well, and if you have a good endorsement on top of that book cover. Yes, that that'll solidify. Yeah, it'll help pull them back into that. So all those pieces work together. Um, and so it's not just a matter of writing your book. It's, it's the editing, it's the packaging, it's the marketing. It is a, it is a whole, whole process. And so um, thinking about that from the beginning is really, really important. So thank you for being here and sharing such good stuff. Today. You are <laughs> a trooper. But the important thing is that authors, your words have power, your book has power and your message has power. And so together we want to invite you to come to the page and beyond. Working in nonprofit marketing for over a decade taught me a whole lot. In fact, when I meet with authors who are trying to figure out and find the right marketing partner for them, I always share my nonprofit experience because it's shaped how I look at book marketing. And I think that's really important. Today, I highlight one of my favorite takeaways from my career in this industry, and that is the power of the ask. If you don't ask, you're already making the decision for someone. And that is so true when asking for an endorsement. 
That is also true when asking for someone to buy a book or asking to invite you to come speak about your message or to engage in a strategic partnership or to get a review. And that's why I wanted to take a moment now to ask if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and have found it helpful, take a moment to leave a meaningful review for me. I read them all and they are really magical. A few minutes of your time fills my heart up to the explosion factor. (laughs) And I'm also going to share that if you need help, I don't want you to wait to ask her that too. I offer free 15 minute chit chats with authors, and I'd love to dive into your question with you. If you visit empowerprgroup.com slash connect, you will get access to what I call a help me help you form. Once you fill that form out and submit it, you will get access to my calendar and let's schedule time to chat for 15 minutes. The first 15 minutes is on me. Now I am ready to empower you to embark and make your author impact. Remember empowered people, empower people. We've empowered you. Now it is your turn to empower others.